We've just finished several weeks, probably five or six weeks, of brutal, dry, hot weather. And today is the first day of summer. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of June 22nd, 2011. In case you're wondering, the first day of summer, you're thinking, doesn't it start on the 21st? Well, technically, but this is the first full day, right, of yeah, summer. We had the summer solstice yesterday, and now we're... And it was a long, dry day. It was, but today, the first full day of summer, started out very well because we got a nice little rain, didn't we? We did. It was, uh, I think, the last time I looked, yeah, we were a little over an inch of so rain that's really, we've gotten today, which makes today most unusual. And it was so needed. We had just finished putting some centipede seed out on the lawn to try to fill in some of the bare spots out there. So uh, it came and at a good time. And put a little straw down, and mm-hmm. that straw, I think, made such a difference because yeah. even with that hard, hard thunder shower we had, I think the straw held mo- most everything in place. Yeah, so yeah. Um, as you put it, if we see centipede, spe- see, uh, if we see centipede grass sprouting on Veg Hill, we know we'll, we'll know what happened. Since it's downstream, that's right. But uh, and what we'll do is just see what takes hold and order some more seed and fill in the gaps if, we, if that doesn't do the trick. We'll, we'll kind of play the waiting game. But that is something of an anomaly. Uh, what we have yes. had during these many weeks is weather that feels, acts, grows like summer. That's right. And, and your opening statement was well put. We wonder how bad can it be, how much worse might it get this summer if the really, that horrible high 90s, sometimes it went down to the mid 90s, you know, hot, hot dry weather, if that was actually occurring during the springtime, that it boggles one's mind, doesn't it? It's scary. Yeah. It really is. And of um, course, we've been hearing, you know, some of the models of climate change predict hotter, drier global, you know, changes. It's not just here in Alabama. I mean, that that the impact will be hotter, drier weather overall. So I certainly was thinking during the month of June that that model was probably right. (laughs) Uh, But we do have a little rain now, and I'm glad to have it. And Um, we're grateful for it. That's right. But what's happened, I think, is our what our plants don't know what to do with it as far as the patterns of their germination and growth. It seems a little presumptuous for people who have only experienced three growing seasons (laughs) as um, gardeners or farmers to be telling you about Mm -hmm. an annual rhythm, but there is a rhythm. We've already um, sensed about the way things grow around here. During, uh, we have germination and rapid growth during the spring. Right. That is uh, April, May, and June. That's really when we get mm-hmm. um, our best growth in. And then things slow down in July and August and into September. Because it's just so because hot. Because it's so hot mm-hmm. um, and so dry. Yeah. And then things kind of pick back up again in the fall, meaning September, October, November, before they slow down again in dis- into the wintertime. Right. 
So that so we really have sort of two growing seasons. There's spring and there's fall separated by summer when everything just sort of sits there in suspended animation, except the okra. Except the okra. <laughs> which always loves the heat. Well, we yeah, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, yeah. about my okra. But this year, we've had that those dry, hot days during spring, and as a result, and, and we were admittedly late getting planted this year mm-hmm. because of the sale of the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we didn't get the benefit of the early spring growth that we should have gotten. Yeah. And then by the time we did germinate and get up, we had those long, dry, hot days and as a result, we are sort of behind the eight ball here. Yeah, we're growing, but very slowly. Well, and, and the thing is, some of the crops, though, do better than others. The corn has just shot out of the ground, even though I was late getting it in. True. And now it's not, I don't have corn, you know, actual fruit on it the way a lot of people do at this point. But it's it certainly isn't hesitant to grow out there just because it's hot. Right. It's, it's done well. And the okra plants that I planted from seed have shot up. But when I said I would come back to that idea of the okra liking the hot weather, I'm not noticing on fairly large plants any blossoms yet or any fruiting. Where I'm getting some okra production, were, and if you recall, I put a few okra plants out that I bought at the market just because I, was, I wanted to jumpstart my okra. Well, I'm glad I did because that's the only okra we're eating right now. But if you look at those plants that I planted from transplants back in early May compared to seeds that I started a month or so later that are, uh, those plants are much smaller than the ones I started from seed. The the plants I started from seed are vigorous. Uh, I even went in and thinned them. You know, they, they look great. No blossoms. Just not fruiting at all. Not not blooming at not all, yet. let alone fruiting. But they look healthy, and I'm going to try not to get too concerned about it. Um, but stay tuned. We can talk about that some more. Because, But like I said, I'm just glad I planted those transplants because we have at least some okra. <laughs> so we face the summer with a real sense of trepidation. Yeah. What is it going to be like if the spring was hot and dry Will this be a super summer? Is it going to be, you know, temperatures exceeding 100 degrees for many days in a row? Um, Are we going to be lucky to get two inches of rain during the entire summer? We really don't know what to expect. Yeah, but one thing that we feel heartened by is the forecast for this coming week when we have a steady supply of rain predicted. Well, that's a good point. As we were sitting in bed this morning enjoying our coffee and tea, I read to you the forecast chance of rain for the next 10 days. And with the exception of maybe one or two days, it's 40% or better every day. Yeah. So maybe uh, we're going to get a break here. We certainly hope so. We talked about the fact that climate change is real And if it's happening, and aside from, of course, reducing carbon footprints and all the things that we need to be doing to try to um, protect the ozone layer as much as we can, uh, we need to figure out some coping strategies. If we're going to be growing things in uh, a rhythm of seasons that's different from what we've experienced in the past, how do we adapt? 
Exactly. What is it that we're going to do that's going to work reliably to produce food? And in the process, we're probably going to end up throwing out a lot of conventional wisdom about when you plant, when yeah. you harvest, what to soil temp you need. Um, it, it's, it's going to be a brave new world for people who are growing food because the old rules are going to be obsolete. Um, it, it's scary. And the other thing about that, of course, is that some of the weeds that I have so much trouble controlling, they unfortunately like this kind of weather and they can adapt to any of it easily. So I don't see that. If anything, our battle with the weeds will probably get worse. I would assume so, as will our battle with the bugs. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we won't get any help. Well, you know, who knows? It, we may find that there are some weeds that have been serious threats to crops for decades that just cannot survive yeah. in this uh, new world and stop being a problem, but there will be new virulent weeds that will be challenging we and we'll have just before. have to deal with yeah. them. So, yeah. um, but one of the things you and I have talked about is the possibility that we may evolve into a two-season or actually three-season Growing, uh, growing seasons where we would have a spring growing season mm -hmm. and then sort of let everything sit around over the hot, dry summer. Yeah. And then a fall growing season, like late summer, I guess mm -hmm. is more accurate. And then, of course, fall veg, which, as we've talked about on several occasions, for mm -hmm. us means fall, winter, spring veg. Yeah, That's yeah. really how we do fall veg. We plant it in the fall. It grows vigorously for a couple of months and then it quiets down and gets very slow but but survives over the winter. Yeah. Um, and by that we mean a lot of brassicas like broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale. I had some lettuce. That, yeah, kale. I had some lettuce that survived over the winter. Right. And, and, some... there's, and, and we do real well with that, mm -hmm. but it's really sort of fall, winter, spring. And then, you know, even though it just sort of survives over the winter, come springtime, it perks yeah. back up. And yeah, yeah. We get new production and so forth. So that's working well, and we may end up uh, with a sort of a three-season approach here if this weather pattern is going to continue. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I were talking this morning. We've decided it's time for us to order shade cloth. Yeah, the tomatoes. Um, probably, I think we mentioned last week that, or one of the past few weeks, we've had green tomatoes sitting on the bushes for at a least three weeks. I mean, it, it may be a month. At least three weeks for many of them. And they just weren't turning red. They weren't ripening. And and as the longer they sit there, the more prey they are to varmints coming and nibbling them. I have some damage from that. Uh, blossom end rot from lack of calcium in the soil. But, of course, that's been exacerbated by the drought. Right. Um, from, you know, just the longer they sit there, they're prey to uh, any number of pests. So... I go out and harvest green tomatoes sometimes to, to let them uh, ripen on the counter. But the point I'm making is that something about that hot sun is, in the past, I would at least have them, you know, I remember two years ago, at least they got ripe by the time we had hot summertime in July. Right. And they, the, the problem with the sun was that it split the skin of the tomatoes. Now, as you pointed out, the hot 
time has come so much earlier that it's hitting those tomatoes at a time that they aren't even having a chance to ripen. So they are sitting there green, and as you yeah. say, they become prey for all of the the pests and, yeah. and diseases and so forth. Yeah. So um, maybe shade cloth would have helped there, and maybe shade cloth will help with our tomatoes yeah, in let's the future. It, I think we should try it. And uh, same idea with squash. You know, we've had a lot of blooms, and we've got decent production coming on It's now. looking better. I mean, I hate to speak too soon, and I should probably knock on wood as I speak, but I went out there today and harvested three new beautiful yellow squash. I had harvested three yesterday or the day before. A big honker of a zucchini today. Yeah, that zucchini, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about busting the countertop. <laughs> and there were several others, had I wanted to harvest them, uh, were ready, um, but small. And then I noticed some some of the fall, what I would call the, or the winter squash, is beginning to take hold. So maybe whatever survived the first round of squash bugs really is beginning to um, fruit. And, and I'm seeing more and more blossoms. And so one I'm inch hopeful. of rain today certainly will make a difference. Oh, yes. We, we certainly so. would like to see that. But let's yeah. talk about that. Um, you know, we've talked on two or three occasions about how helpful that drip irrigation has been, and it has. Mm -hmm. We are so grateful that we've got drip irrigation installed because it's allowed us to at least keep most things alive. Yes. But I'm beginning to be concerned about whether the well will continue to produce water for us. We've got a 228-foot well, yeah. and it has to be replenished from some source. We can't just keep pulling water out without having it replenished some well, way. today helped, certainly. I certainly hope today will make a difference. And we do have a friend, Jan, who had to dig her well deeper. to Exactly. She had to deepen her well. She's down the road from us near Tuskegee, and she had to deepen her well because it did actually go dry. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. one of those things that's lingering <laughs> in the back of my mind. When I want to find something to worry about, I'll worry about that. Well, let's not try to worry too much about it. Yeah, but let's, let's change the subject. I want to think about something positive that happened to you. Last week, last Sunday was Father's Day, and your children... Uh, decided uh, upon your hinting around that a really nice gift for you would be a KitchenAid mixer. And it was a wonderful gift, and I have had a, a great time playing with it. And this I have is, benefited um, from it because you made some delicious whole wheat rolls with it. This is a monster mixer, and it was exactly what I wanted to uh, begin baking bread. That was really sort of the uh, motivating forces. I wanted to begin baking bread, and yes, I could easily have done it without that mixer, but I figured that looks so much fun, I want one. And it has this kneading hook attachment that right. helps the, in the kneading process on the bread. And it's very powerful, and so it can stand up to even the stiffest and largest of batches of dough and knead it mm -hmm. for you and so forth. So yeah. I'm real help. And, and, and you're right, we've had fun... Um, baked two different batches of whole wheat rolls in the last week or so. You baked and, pound cake yesterday. And yesterday, while you were out hobnobbing with all the master gardeners, I decided to uh, make, mix up and bake pound cake in the sun oven. 
and it worked out well. Yeah, so, and you baked some of the, the whole wheat rolls in the sun oven, And we baked some of the, the whole wheat rolls in the sun oven, and that has been our goal all along. We wanted to figure out a way to make bread using the sun oven, and I think we've done it. Yeah. And, I think we And, you know, our concern was that it wouldn't, well, for one thing, that it wouldn't get hot enough, right. but also that it wouldn't brown. And it, so they turn out sort of like brown and serve rolls. Uh, they're, they are done, but... To make them brown, you just need to stick them for a very few minutes in a toaster oven. Correct. And so, they're done. And, and the nature of the sun oven is you're not baking rolls to eat right now because you're normally baking them in the middle of the day. And right. at least the way we eat, you're normally going to eat them for dinner, the, the evening meal rather than the midday meal because mm-hmm. you and I eat real light at lunchtime. Um, so yeah. we're normally going to be heating the rolls up at for the evening meal anyway, and so we just put them in the, in the toaster oven. They get a little brown, and we're ready to enjoy them. Yeah, so that's fun. And while you're mentioning eating light in the middle of the day, my go-to lunch lately has been, and I know everybody out there is probably not a huge yogurt fan. I know that you and my mother, for two people, uh, do not like yogurt, but I love Greek-style organic plain yogurt mixed with fresh fruit. I, I don't like it by itself, but I like it with with fresh fruit. Well, and lately we've had some fresh fruit for you It's been wonderful. I had today fresh blueberries off our plants right out in, in the garden and a peach off our June gold peach tree, which is as sweet as it can be. Those June gold peaches are just terrific. Yeah, it's, it's as so if I've tasty. died and gone to heaven. You know, I never thought. But anyway, that's my plug for living on a farm and growing your own fruit. And enjoying it right then and there. Yeah. Um, one of our big projects, though, that hasn't been so much fun has been dealing with the weeds out on Veg Hill. Yeah, and you're uh, approaching that more systematically now, which I think is the right way to do it. You have lately been campaigning with your cardboard and your hay to yeah. get those aisles covered up. Yeah. And I think that's the right yeah. thing to do. Not to say that I, that I don't have weeds emerging amongst the plants, and I just hand pick those out pretty easily. but the worst weeds are in the aisles. They were just, and I can't explain why they're there worse than other places, I guess because of the way we laid that topsoil on top of the, um, the drip tape, on, on top of the drip tape in the rows. It pretty much smothered those weeds with a few exceptions, but boy, they come. And of course your target the plants, your target crops quickly get established and shade out the weeds yes. on the rows. On the rows, but in the aisles, they're so, um, that crabgrass is so, you know, sends out runners and it goes up and chokes the plants, so I am having to deal with that. Yeah, but that's working. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, we um, probably have run out of time for today, and why don't we just um, table any other discussion items we have and talk about those next week. Have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the Daily Farm Log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com.
Thanks for listening. See you next week.